0: Hi, it's Dwyer. Dwyer70905.substack.com for advice on cryptocurrency. Also gamblersadvisory.com for sports betting information. Today is Sunday, July the 3rd, 2022. Let's talk money. But first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, let me just point out that like many watching this video, I'm in my 50s. I remember as a young kid uh, being in line at a gas station with my father and them only giving gas to people whose license plate numbers were either even or odd on certain days of the week, right? I've been in high inflationary times where people had to figure out how to allocate supplies, right? I can tell you, I remember vividly the early 1980s when inflation was running amok. We had something in the United States called the Misery Index, Uh, Ronald Reagan was running for president. He was viewed as a radical, right? And, of course, mortgage rates were in the double digits. So I've seen my share of market turmoil, ups and downs, right? Inflationary times where you couldn't trust price levels, now let's be blunt here. Let me return this conversation to twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two has been a terrible. That's the that's the word, terrible, time, for crypto, and the U.S. economy. Folks, inflation is back. People are panicking. <clears throat> Understand. The rate on the ten year Treasury is below 4%. In other words, it's less than half of the inflation rate. And people are panicking. People are acting as if these interest rates are going to bomb the United States. No one seems to have any clue about the fact that the current treasury rate isn't even close to the current inflation rate you're still losing the value of your savings, right? Let's be clear here. If you had $100,000 in the bank, folks, just holding it in the bank for a year in the United States is going to lose you $8,000 that year. Many are expecting, given the Fed's timid nature here, Many are expecting inflation to linger. The times are so crazy that at least 10% of the new car purchases are carrying car notes of more than $1,000 a month. So let's get back to crypto. That's going to be our focus in this talk. According to reports, FTX now has an option to buy BlockFi, Let's be clear and unambiguous about your legal rights if you're a depositor. And we'll put that phrase in quotations. If you're a depositor in BlockFi, in other words, you have some digital assets deposited in BlockFi, just understand that you are an unsecured creditor. Without FDIC insurance, folks, you're uninsured and you are unsecured. Now, fortunately, FTX, unlike some others who've been named as being interested in participating in bankruptcy proceedings, right? BlockFi is not quite in bankruptcy yet. But just to understand, not every group that has been publicly outed is being interested in participating in bankruptcy proceedings involving digital asset companies it has the history that FTX has in crypto and has the interest that FTX has. In maintaining its business reputation with the cryptocurrency community right just understand some other players might want to quickly liquidate digital asset holdings right so you need as an investor to carefully review who is taking over these exchanges? When you hear that BlockFi is having liquidity problems, in part because of a run on the, in quotes, bank, following Celsius's announcement that they were pausing withdrawals. right As a result of the bank run, When a BlockFi is looking for outside capital, you as an investor need to be focused on who they end up getting that capital from. Now FTX has a history in crypto and wants to continue to have a history in crypto. Goldman Sachs who was rumored to be interested in Celsius's assets, and who was rumored to be accumulating capital to participate in a possible Celsius bankruptcy, might not have the same commitment to the cryptocurrency community. So, of course, we now know that Three Arrows Capital has filed for bankruptcy. I need for people to pay close attention to who tries to buy that firm's assets in the bankruptcy proceeding. Also, you need to research the difference between a liquidation and a reorganization. Right? Those are very different. A liquidation is just trying to get rid of the assets. Liquidate them, sell them, get what you can for them. A reorganization is thinking about actually surviving the bankruptcy process. Let's continue to. I need for people to look closely at FTX, right? They exemplify to me the changing ethos, we'll call it, the changing ethos of the cryptocurrency space. When I first got into crypto years ago, when I first started making YouTube videos on crypto, the idea was to get outside the system This was the common man's opportunity to own their own financial destiny, right? To take back control of a portion of the banking system, to hold their own coins, to have access to their own assets. To not be subject to bank runs or corporate governance, self-sovereignty. Now that's where crypto was years ago. It had an us versus them feel to it, right? There was the corporate world and then there were the people, the crypto holders who were taking back their sovereignty from the corporate world. Well, be aware of who owns what. There are hedge fund investors in FTX. Right? I need for people to look behind the curtain. I understand all of these outfits have spokesmen, have icons, fronting them. Maybe the icon has a significant ownership interest, right? Certainly, the guy who's the public face of FTX does. Right, but just understand the young guy might not be all of the ownership. Right? Understand too for old timers like me who are looking for decentralization, too much centralization in any owner, young or old, is a bad thing. Now understand there are hedge fund investors in FTX. Right? Very different from the Bitcoin decentralization ideal of being outside the system. So think inside the system. Blackstone Group is one of the investors in FTX. By the way, if you're an investor, understand you can invest in Blackstone Group. Right? You have SoftBank Vision Fund another investor in FTX, Tiger Global Management. Google these companies, right? We'll stop at three. But just understand, there are many, many such investors in FTX. So understand, with regard to BlockFi, folks, this really is a corporate takeover. Now, I'm not against hedge funds. You may remember Hillary Clinton saying it takes a village to raise a child. In crypto, sometimes it takes a hedge fund to raise capital. When a crypto company such as BlockFi or Voyager who has suspended trading as I make this video gets in trouble and needs a capital infusion or buyout Right, and they can cover up the buyout by calling it an option to buy. Right? That prepares the public incrementally for what's coming down the road. You, you need to watch who steps in, who's picking up that option to buy, who's lending money to the capital starved crypto institution. Which brings me to point two, it might surprise some people, but the altcoin space in my opinion, and please view this video as just my opinion, there are many others out there, many very different opinions, but understand to me, and I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist, for me, The altcoin space is now hedge fund and corporate dominated. Just look at the governing council, that's what they call it, of Hedera Hashgraph. right? Look up Hedera's website. Get it directly from the source. Hedera is proud of this. Full disclosure, I own some Hedera because I'm just looking for profits and functionality. right? If I believe a crypto is going to have market share long term, I want to be there. I'm viewing it as an investment. But you need to be aware that Hedera Hashgraph, which has some of the most cutting-edge technology in the entire cryptoverse, has corporate members of its Governing Council openly does, such as Boeing, Ubisoft, Deutsche Telekom, DLA Piper, and Google. Folks, I'll stop there just to understand there are more than 30 such corporate Governing Council members overseeing the proof-of-stake altcoin. So, this brings me to another development which is shocking in crypto. The granddaddy of them all, Bitcoin, my favorite coin right now, right? Understand, I'm one of those old-timers. I also love Dash. I'm one of those old-timers who loves decentralization, who loves proof of work. But understand, Bitcoin right now, given the explosion of hedge fund influence in the altcoin world, really can't even be considered a cryptocurrency anymore. Understand there's Bitcoin and then there's everything else. SEC Chairman Gary Gensler, as I've pointed out on my Substack page, has openly opined in hearings, and publicly. This is the SEC chairman that he considers Bitcoin to be a commodity. As of today, he is not ready to call any other token in the cryptoverse a commodity. Understand, too, these public statements Look like they're just spur-of-the-moment comments. Ginsler recently was on CNBC, very high profile channel for investors. Right? When the SEC chairman is on CNBC, an investor heavy crowd is listening to his every word. And during his CNBC recent interview, Gensler said that he considers Bitcoin to be a commodity, right? Just understand, folks, proof of work is very different from proof of stake. Proof of work guarantees decentralization, right? The opponents of proof of work used to talk about how proof of work was too slow the transaction speed took forever. It was too expensive. You were paying miners, right? You were paying transaction fees that were too high for the transactions being processed. That was the original logic behind the explosion of proof of stake, right? Which was faster, which was cheaper to use. Well, of course, as proof of work innovated, now we have the Lightning Network. Now speed, transactional capacity, costs should not be an issue. So a new argument developed that proof of work was not green enough. That proof of work hurt the environment. Folks, I believe this argument is fictitious. Right? Think about how important to society the monetary system is. Look at the amount of energy used on other activities, right? The idea that proof of work is too environmentally harmful is just downright ridiculous. But it's worked as a marketing tool, right? There's an interview right now with one of the head honchos of Hedera Hashgraph on Kitco, right? Done this week, where, of course, David Lynn, who's excellent asks him about the advantages of Hedera Hashgraph, and he goes into the fact that Hedera Hashgraph is green. That proof of stake is better than proof of work. Folks, the minute someone says proof of stake to you, you need to think about centralization. You need to think about the corporate takeover of crypto. The fact that Proof-of-stake coins are just an extension of the status quo that existed before the birth of Bitcoin. Well, just understand, there is a theme, a narrative, that's now being bandied about. I believe eventually it's going to become the dominant narrative, which is that Bitcoin is a commodity, not a cryptocurrency. Right, folks, you're going to find out that having a crypto that's deemed a security by the SEC, if the SEC beats Ripple in that long-running lawsuit, right? if you're deemed a security, then you're firmly under SEC control. Then the SEC can fine you can get money from you. The level of scrutiny you're going to be under is going to be so much greater because, of course, many of these cryptos didn't quite follow SEC guidelines in how they were created, how they were initially marketed. This could lead to heavy taxation, heavy fines, Money going from your token, your centralized token, to the SEC. Right now, that's very different than Bitcoin. Now, right now, the world is focused on that. If you're deemed a security, you're subject to more regulation. But let's look deeper. If I'm a foreign leader and there's some people using a proof of stake altcoin from some outfit that has a corporate governing council or that has so much centralized power that like Solana, some group can literally take the crypto offline. Right, can say hey we're having some problems let's pause the network which you can't do with Bitcoin right because it's proof of work it's decentralized the miners are gonna mine they're their own ecosystem if I'm a foreign leader I might say whoa what's this this centralized entity that's subject to corporate governance is now operating in my country. Folks, that's a threat to my power. That's a threat to the monetary system that I'm controlling, that I'm monitoring, right, that I have to keep an eye on because that impacts my power. At the end of the day, this is a power game, isn't it? You don't have that concern as a foreign leader if the monetary mechanism is deemed a commodity, is deemed to be decentralized, leaderless, without a centralized office, doesn't have a president, doesn't have any group that can just say, pause the network. If there's a group that can say, pause the network, And that cryptocurrency is rapidly becoming the primary monetary system in your country. And that's an existentialist threat to your governance. But if it's a commodity, right? Commodities are all over the world right now. If it's a commodity that no one can stop the network, it's too decentralized. Then you're going to let that flourish, especially in these times where governments don't want to look like their money printers, but they want a stable monetary supply. They'll welcome commerce and people using a commodity as a means of exchange. Right so please understand the fact that even Gary Gensler the former MIT professor right who taught cryptocurrency classes in college right considers bitcoin to be a commodity gives bitcoin a sizable advantage right major advantage dare i say structural advantage that will stay in place over time over these centralized proof of stake government excuse me corporate governance altcoins let me also point out too that it's simply shocking it's unwarranted these times are strange that the SEC, at a time when several countries have spot Bitcoin ETFs, would still be rejecting spot Bitcoin ETF applications from companies like Grayscale. It's simply shocking. Understand, right now, GBTC, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is selling at a discount of something like 29% to its net asset value. Folks, Bitcoin, as I see it, is hopelessly undervalued right now as it is. Right? You mean to tell me that I can get Bitcoin at roughly 2017 highs right now, after all of this innovation has happened in the last five years, including the Lightning Network, which allows quicker Bitcoin transactions, which puts Bitcoin on par, in fact, better than, quite frankly, many of these fast altcoins. Right? The transaction speed part, folks, has been solved. Let me also point out, too, that if I were to need to do a transaction in Nigeria, right? And people need to understand the demographics here, right? Africa, more than a billion people. You understand the future is going to be heavily impacted by India, which soon will be the world's largest uh, country, and China. And you mean to tell me that rather than walking around with a checkbook, let's do visuals here, rather than me walking around with a checkbook, and a pen right or having a wallet that has strips of paper in it to do transactions you mean to tell me that the same phone that i use to make phone calls which i'll which i'm going to have on me already i can do financial transactions on that phone and you mean to tell me That with Bitcoin, I can cross borders and not have to know the exchange rate to do commerce. And the transactions can be instantaneous. Better yet, the governments aren't threatened by it. Because it's deemed a commodity that doesn't have a corporate governance or centralized governance group. Right, folks, the advantages to having Bitcoin are just too many to mention in this short video. Well, let me add a few more comments. I understand the video's almost at half an hour. Finally, for the video, this video at least, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Celsius. Right? I see that they stopped their Ask Me Anything ongoing series on YouTube where their CEO, Alex Machinsky, would come on and would talk about the state of crypto. Let me also point out, too, that that was one of the best forums in all of crypto. Right, Someone in charge of a multi-billion dollar crypto bank openly talking about different parts of crypto. I understand many people disagreed with him. Uh, He was willing to debate people like Peter Schiff. And in that debate, I understand the gold crowd, and I'm a gold crowd person, right? The gold crowd was a little taken aback by some of Mashinsky's comments. Okay, fair enough. But what you need to realize is, I know they stopped the AMA talks. I understand that Celsius has gone silent. I get the fact that there's a lot of conflicting news out there, right? Goldman is supposed to be interested in uh, buying some Celsius assets in a bankruptcy. Then you hear that uh, Goldman's not that interested and Celsius has hired some restructuring attorneys. They might file for bankruptcy. They might not. Uh, I know they're conflicting reports in terms of the liquidation point uh, at which Celsius must get rid of its Bitcoin holdings. According to the latest rumors, um, they've gotten that down below $13,000 a token. Well, let me just say the best source, in my opinion, the best source of credible information regarding Celsius can be found on the Twitter account of the CEO of an investor that holds 5% of Celsius, right? That CEO's name is Simon Dixon. His company is bank to the future. Bank is spelled without an A, right? Their Twitter account is at bank without an A, to the future, right? No spaces. Simon Dixon's Twitter account, and again, this is the most credible source. He's interfacing with the crypto community, with the Celsius community, Celsius investors on Twitter. And he's talking about different approaches. And he's also disclosing some of the thinking behind the curtain. His Twitter account is at Write the at sign, one word, Simon Dixon tweet, twit rather, right? So it's Simon Dixon, T-W-I-T-T, right? One word, Simon Dixon, T-W-I-T-T, right? Just understand, folks, Celsius as I see it, right? Full disclosure. I have some digital assets on Celsius, I have some digital assets on Voyager. Right, but just to understand, Celsius is paying some of its bills. It's paying down some of its debt, right? And I need for people to figure out that 2022 is an election year here in the United States, and that's very important. I know the Fed is supposed to be independent. That's what they tell us, right? You can believe that if you want. But there are some commentators out there who believe that these hikes in the uh, interest rate by the Fed are going to eventually come to an end before the 2022 election.